Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Self-Help Witch. Self-Help Witch is all about supporting your sacred work, whether that is your personal work of self-awareness or your material work for making money. Self-Help Witch is here to help you with all of it. And today we're talking more about the material side, all about how to harness digital magic specifically for cohesive creation. I don't know about you, but I love technology. I am so glad that I am here in this time, in this era, and can harness the power of Google and all of the like digital tools that not only make our lives easier, but just make information so much more accessible and honestly like allow us to do things that people didn't think were possible as early as 30 years ago, maybe even 20 or 10 years ago. And that's just going to keep evolving. So I think it's a really exciting time to be alive, honestly. One of the problems, though, with this is that we can get overwhelmed really easily. And we can find so many good ways to make things easier on ourselves that we often like get in the weeds of our own good intentions. And I think this is especially true when you're creative and your work involves creativity. There are so many tools and storage systems and modalities and methods for organizing available at our fingertips that it can be analysis paralysis when you're trying to figure out what's actually going to be best for you. So I wanted to take some time today to dig into how I have used the digital realm to streamline all my work so that I can get things done more efficiently and more effectively and with more joy. Because the last thing we want is to just be like angry on our computers all the time. (laughs) That's not the life that I want to live. I don't think that's life you want to live. So this is all about how we can reclaim technology as a efficiency and effectiveness tool and not let it overwhelm and stress us out, especially when it comes to our creative work. I will say, though, that this topic, just like everything else we talk about here at Self Help Witch, it's really built on a foundation of awareness and reflection. And you might be surprised by that because we're not talking about, you know, self-development here. But the first thing I'm going to say is you need to know what works for you. And of course, to know that, you have to be aware. And to be aware, you have to reflect. So we'll get into why that's so important for figuring out what's like going to work best for you and what systems you need and maybe what tools and systems you don't need because you don't need a tool or a system for everything you do. And I'll also, of course, share my favorite digital tools with you. I will have a list of these available in the show notes. Specifically, I'm going to talk about Automation 101, so using Zapier and how I've used that to make my workflow less tedious less of a busy work project. I'll talk about how I manage my tasks and to-do lists and kind of my whole content creation process from start to finish and the tools I use for that. Now one quick note out there for all of you listening to this via podcast. I recommend watching this on YouTube. I'm going to take you through demos of Zapier, Todoist, and my content creation process that are best taken in visually. You are welcome to listen to this episode. I've got markers for the different parts of this talk in the show notes. You probably just want to skip over the demos if you're not watching this. 
And the final piece about the tent creation is basically all demo. If you're in the car, you're just unable to watch on YouTube at this time, no worries. Go ahead and listen. You can skip over the demo parts if you'd like, and then you can always watch the YouTube video later. I will have the YouTube link in the show notes for you as well. Hope you enjoy. So you might be surprised that we're starting this off with a conversation about self-awareness and reflection, because this is really not a personal development talk, but that is the foundation for knowing what tools to invest in, to learn, and what tools you can kind of ignore. There are so many methods, so many platforms, so many resources, so many influencers out there who want to help you be more productive. You could spend an infinite amount of money and time on learning this stuff, but ultimately you only need what you need. So in order to figure out what you need, you have to know your system and know your routine and figure out where the gears are getting stuck in that system. And if I say system routine and you're like non-existent, I would argue that you do have one. It's just not working for you. So for example, my system or routine for writing thesis essays in my English classes in college was wait till 48 hours before they're due and then spend eight hours researching and feverishly typing in the library. Not a good system. It didn't work for me, but that's what I did. And part of it was because I didn't take the time to actually plan out what I needed to do. And I refused to have that level of self-awareness. I just kind of went for it. And I also was like too busy drinking and partying. But that's a story for another time. So for us, we need to figure out where in the content creation cycle or whatever creation process we're a part of, are we getting stuck? And I like to think of any kind of creation process as really happening in five parts. There's the brainstorming phase or ideating phase, the planning phase, the creation or drafting phase, the revision and editing phase, and then finally the publication. So many of us don't do these five items discreetly, meaning we kind of mesh or put together some combination of them. Like, for example, I brainstorm and outline at the same time right? Like those steps are one and the same for me, but that doesn't work that way for everybody. So if you're like, I have a system, but I don't really know what it is. I would start with those five things and say, do I do them? And if so, how do I do them? For me personally, before I took time to like really establish a, a routine for creation that worked for me, I was doing all five things at once just like my college papers, <laughs> and like nothing had changed. And I knew that didn't work for me then, but I hadn't stopped to reflect and think of why I didn't like that. So for me, I didn't like how much time it was taking me. And it took me a painfully long time to realize that it was taking me too long. Like I was spending, you know, an hour a day putting together a reel that I had in my mind. And I just didn't realize how long it was taking me until finally I'd had enough of spending an hour a night trying to publish a reel at the last minute. So I said to myself, I need to set aside separate time for the brainstorming and creation process. And really what I ended up doing was setting aside brainstorming time for an extended period of time. So for example, 
I planned the rest of my podcast slash YouTube episode titles for the rest of the year. And then I knew that based on those titles, I was going to, over time, as the time arose, plan my content. And then I had my whole content creation plan put together as well, which again, we're going to talk about at the end of the episode, and I'll show you exactly what I do. So once again, start with what is my process? How do I execute the five steps of the creation process? And where do I get stuck? From there, you can know what tools you need and what tools you don't need. So let's dig into the common pitfalls we fall into when we get into the content creation process and digital tools that can help us make things more simple. Okay, let's talk about how to automate the busy work with Zapier. So there might be other ways to automate stuff. In fact, I'm pretty certain there are, but I want to talk today about Zapier because it's what I know and love and it's what's helped me a lot. I also think it's super accessible and contrary to how it looks, it's actually pretty easy to get the hang of. Zapier is a digital platform that connects all of the disparate tools you use online so that you can create from all of your many processes one single process. So if you recognize that there's a workflow that you commonly do that requires a lot of kind of the same stuff over and over again, you can automate that so that Zapier does it for you. And I have my Zapier home screen pulled up here just to give you an idea of what's possible. So what can you use Zapier for? Really, the sky's the limit. It can connect to your Google Workspace, your Notion, your Calendly, your Acuity Scheduling, your Squarespace, your Thinkific, your Captivate. I haven't tried with Anchor, but I wonder, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anchor's on there too. Honestly, just about anything you use, like any email service provider, just about, you can connect to Float or to Zapier. And how you use it is really up to your creativity and your needs. So I'll use myself as an example. I found that the podcast booking process, there was a lot of stuff on the back end, a lot of admin stuff I had to do that Zapier could automate. And that's what I'm gonna show you. So this is what might look like a complex Zap that I created for when anyone books a um, podcast guest recording with me. So I have it set up so that the trigger is when someone creates an event in Calendly. Now, you might be thinking, okay, but I have more than one event type, and I do too. I actually use Calendly with my students, and I don't want them receiving my podcast emails. So what you do in that situation is you use something called a filter. So I filtered this step to say only continue if the event type name contains SHW pod recording because I knew none of my other events had that phrasing. So if someone books an event with me like a birth chart reading, for example, um, this workflow will not apply to that. So it's pretty simple. And then from there, I wanted two things, really three things to happen. Um, I have a database in Notion for my guests. And what I use that for is so that the guest and I can interact on an outline. That way the guest knows what questions I'm gonna ask. And the guest also can 
brainstorm about their ideas and have some notes to refer to while we're talking if they like. Um, that's also where I keep the URL for our recording and really just like it's our common space to interact without having to go back and forth through email. So I have Zapier automatically create a database in my guest, a database item in my guest database right there. I also have it pull specific data like their name, their email, and what time we're recording. And then I also have Zapier create a database item in my grounded content creativity calendar. So this is where I plan um, all of my content for my YouTube and podcast. And then within that, I plan my like Instagram content, which I'll show you how I do at the end of the episode. Um, but I have two separate databases here because I don't want my guests to have access to my uh, grounded creativity content calendar. I have those two separate. For you that may feel like, you know, um, overkill or like more than you need. This is what works for me though. I like to keep those items separate and that way I know like I have my own thing. And then finally, I have Zapier also create a task in Todoist to remind me that a recording is coming up. <laughs> um, I don't use Notion for tasks and we'll talk more about that when we get to the tasks, tasks section, but I have um, Zapier tell Todoist to make a task. Um, I use the person's name as the title of the task. And then I put in the note of the task that I need to create a recording link for them no later than the start time of the recording. Um, and I also have it pull the email of the invitee as well. So basically I use Zapier to kill three birds with one stone. Um, here. And this is just because it was something I recognized I didn't need to do every time. It got monotonous. And that's actually a really good way to figure out what Zapier can help you with. What feels monotonous in your work? What do you find yourself doing over and over again that is like kind of annoying <laughs> to you that is as simple as a few clicks? Um, Zapier can help with that. Okay. Let's talk about how to use Todoist and what the hell it is and why I love it for tasks. I think this is going to be revolutionary for you if you are the type of person who buys a planner like once every few months and consistently doesn't use it. I was this person for a long time. I remember like kind of my rock bottom with this. I bought a golden coil planner, which is this really bougie like $90 planner that you can customize to the nines. And I was so excited to buy it. I thought it was going to change my life. And then just like every other fucking planner I've ever bought, I did not use it. And I remember feeling really bad about myself, to be honest. Like, why can't I stick with a planner? Why can't I stick with a system? And what I didn't want to acknowledge was that physical planners do not work for me. I need something that I can access all the time without having to carry something physical with me. I need something that's easy for me to edit and change because my plans are constantly changing. And that is when I started looking into digital planning systems. So I know a lot of people use Notion for planning. That personally did not work for me because I found that the reminders were not working the way I wanted them to. And I also didn't 
think it was super easy to add the to-dos to my to-do list. I just found that there was a lot of manual behind the scenes stuff I had to do to make it work the way I wanted to. And the best, most elegant solution I've found for my personal needs is Todoist. So I wanna share that with you today. Now Todoist is a desktop app. It's also an app you can get on your phone. And what I love about it is how easy it is to access and add tasks. So right now we're looking at my desktop app. I do wanna show you how this works because one of the huge benefits of this is not only how easy it is to add a task, but how easy it is to schedule and organize tasks. So I know that I'm going to need to edit this episode. <laughs> I've been making a lot of random mistakes and saying um about a million times. So I'm going to write edit podcast. Now this is getting assigned to my self-help which podcast project. To add it to a project, you use the hashtag and then I'm going to type SHW podcast and then I add it. Now. I did not assign a date to this, so let me show you how easy it is to add a date. You literally can just type the day or the date or the full date. I mean, the, you can just, you can say next Wednesday. So basically, Todoist dynamically assigns a date based on what you type, which is so freaking easy. Um, you can also add a manual due date on the right if you'd like to do that too. I don't know why it's not working right here, but you can do that. So I know I need to do this on Wednesday, so I'm gonna leave it there. And then when I go to my upcoming, I go to Wednesday and I see edit podcast, self-help witch. You can also have kind of subcategories. So for example, if I know I need to grade, and this is for my school stuff, that's gonna be under CHS. And then let's say it's a specific class. I've got subsections within that project. So I'm gonna do a backslash there and I can pick the class that I need to grade for, or if I wanna call it grading, or if I wanna call it admin, or whatever, 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 right? So it's super easy to organize your tasks. The other really cool thing is, like I said, how easy it is to add your tasks. So two of my favorite things to do um, are, one is the Google Chrome extension for Todoist. So you literally just click on it. You click on the plus to add something. And what's great is you can add a website as a task. So if I come across a really great article I wanna read, I can click that and then I could do like reading list. Now notice that I don't have any projects here and me simply doing hashtag reading list is going to create a new project called reading list. Um, I could also make it two words if I want because it's like ugly, right? Um, but super duper easy. And the other way you can add tasks, which I don't wanna show you right here because I'm gonna have to pull up my inbox, is you can add it to Gmail and it will just have a little kind of, um, draft email at the bottom that you can minimize that says Todoist, you open it up and you can add a task just like we did with the Chrome extension. So not only is it incredibly easy to add tasks, but it's incredibly easy to schedule them and it's incredibly easy to edit them. That's what I love about Todoist and it's made my life so much easier. It makes it like, I almost never forget to do things now, which was something I 
happened on a daily basis to me before because I can so quickly and easily add stuff that I don't want to forget to my to-do list. So as promised, I'm going to take you through how I use two tools, Notion and Plan That, to break down my macro content, which is my YouTube and podcast episodes, into micro content for Instagram and sometimes when I feel like it, Pinterest. So this is obviously my grounded creativity content calendar. Now, if you're not familiar with Notion, maybe that's another video for another time, but essentially I've got different views for this database and the view we're looking at right now is my creation process board. So I have different properties where a, an, an episode might be in the idea phase, it might be scheduled, recorded and ready for editing, ready, publish, or idle. You could align these with the steps of the creation process we talked about at the beginning, but I found this is what works best for me. So let me show you what I do. And in fact, I'm going to start with a fresh one so you can see what it looks like. So let's say this is a new episode about the best hydro flasks. That's so random. <laughs> say the best water bottles. I'm looking right at my hydro flask. I created a template for myself called macro content that's going to be a space for me to not only plan this episode as a podcast or a YouTube video, but also give me a space to break that down into micro content. So all I have to do is click this template button and my template will populate. The top half of the template is for the macro content. So this is where I'm going to write out the big idea and all of the kind of bullet points I want from that idea. So as you can see, like I'm combining the first two steps of the creation process here because that's what works best for me. I also have, you know, a cute little quote widget here because you know, I like to be inspired. Oh, that one's kind of sharp. If you're listening, it says, you lack nothing. Use what I gave you, the universe. Yikes. From there, sometimes I write out a more detailed script. Most of the time I don't. I honestly will probably get rid of this. I'm not really using it. And then from there, I've got my favorite part of this template, which is where I'm going to do my micro content planning. So once I've got my outline and maybe more details for what I want to say, I can pretty much turn that into ideas for macro content. On the left hand side, I've got my kind of universal cycle, like the different ways that you can talk about the ideas that you're, you're interested in talking about. You know, you can entertain, you can elaborate or educate, you can engage and execute, or you can ask people to evaluate, judge, give you their opinion. So I let that help me Think of how I can break down the larger ideas of my episode into more specific ideas for Instagram or Pinterest content. And then from there, I have my planthat.com account embedded into Notion. So how I did this was very simple. I just went backslash embed, and then I typed in the, the URL of this website, planthat.com, and it will embed the actual website for you. Okay, now I'm already signed into mine. So the nice thing is you only have to sign in one time and it will remember that you are signed in. So if you haven't heard of Plan That, I 
love it. It is my favorite tool for posting to social media. I've tried later. I've tried Tailwind. Um, I think there's other ones that I've tried that I can't remember because I didn't use them <laughs> enough for them to matter. This is the only social post schedule scheduler that I've been consistent with because it is so freaking easy and it's also connected to Canva. So you can see there's kind of different tab or tabs up here. You can save your hashtags. You can save media. You can take a look at your calendar view if you'd like. I really don't use that one that much. You can create a strategy for yourself or use one that's already there. You can look at your analytics. You can even reply to people who interact with your content. So especially if you're a person who's like reluctantly using social media, you can really do everything you need to do from plan that without even getting on Instagram, which is really cool. Okay, so I actually wanna to go to create post. So let's say that for the best water bottles, I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna do a carousel of the different types of popular water bottles and I wanna do a post. So I'm gonna click on the plus and I can upload something I've already created in Canva or I can create something right here. You have access to Unsplash, Pexels, and Pixabay. I've never used Pixabay before, but Pexels and Unsplash are great. I love the native Canva integration. So I just click on Canva and it's gonna pull up my personal Canva. There are some limitations with this Canva tool though within Plan That. The first thing is if you create content within this native Canva integration on Plan That, it's not gonna save it to your Canva. It will save it on Plan That, but not on Canva. The other kind of limitation of this is if you're doing a carousel post, you can only do one thing at a time. So that's kind of annoying, but I've found that for me, I like not having to click back and forth between Notion and Canva when I'm trying to plan my content. What's more important for me is the convenience of being able to just scroll up and see what I wrote so I can copy and paste stuff and put it right in here. And it's easy for me because it remembers the templates that I use. So it's not hard for me to just like click on the same thing I was already using just before. You can auto post, you can choose your best times to post. You can also have it just like remind you to post rather than auto posting for you. I like to do that if I like mess up the order of a carousel because there's no way to manually manipulate it. But really like the possibilities are endless here and you can just totally pre-program everything you wanna talk about, everything you wanna do. And not only, like the best part about this is, not only did I find my energy was more, I was happier doing it this way, like it felt good to have it done beforehand and know that it was already ready to go, but my engagement was way better. And I don't even really check analytics for real, but I couldn't help but notice that more people were seeing what I was posting and more people were engaging with what I was posting. And I also wasn't spending a crazy amount of time doing social media bullshit every day of the week. I planned it out on the Sunday or Monday and then it was all ready to go. So that's how I use Notion and plan that to do all of my content creation in one place. I love it. It makes everything so streamlined and simple. And it's really the best way that I found to create my content. 
All right, y'all, that is it for this week. I hope that this gave you some inspiration for ways you can simplify your creative process, get to know it a little bit better, and just find more flow in what you're doing. There's so much for us to juggle, to remember, to execute on a daily basis. And I really believe technology should make our lives simpler, not more complicated. So hopefully this was helpful to you. If so, please let me know. DM me at selfhelpwitch on Instagram. Rate and review wherever you're listening. If you end up watching this on YouTube, leave me a comment, subscribe to the channel, uh, leave a comment, or you can't leave a comment on a podcast. (laughs) Rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And again, I want this to be helpful for you. So if you want to see more stuff like this, please let me know. And I'm happy to dig deeper. In the meantime, I hope that Virgo season is treating you well. I love you. Keep going. And I'll see y'all next time.